0: Well, good evening. We want to welcome you to Maranatha Bible Church tonight. We are so glad that you're with us. This is our annual Christmas service, and we just want to welcome you. We know that many of you are here uh, as family or friends of someone involved in our service tonight, and we're so glad that you're with us, and uh, we just want to welcome you. If you're looking for a home church, we would love for you to uh, be a part of this church. Uh, we love the Lord. We love Christ. We love His Word, and uh, we're grateful to be able to gather tonight to celebrate the fact that Christ has come in in the flesh, that we celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ, and the fact that God has come and lived among us, that He might redeem us. Uh, We want to begin our service tonight by a Christmas creed. It's on the back of your program, and we would invite you to stand, and there's uh, a couple things uh, that you need to know. I'm going to read something, and then you can follow. It's kind of a responsive reading, just to prepare our hearts uh, to worship Christ and celebrate the Incarnation. So let's stand together and let's begin our service with a reminder from John 1 uh, about what we're celebrating here tonight. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not made that was In Him was life. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen
1: his glory,
0: glory as of the only son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Please remain standing let's sing together.
2: All right, tonight we get to read through four different passages that talk about the birth of Christ. We're going to start with Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 45. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. With her, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, "Behold, I am a servant of the Lord; let it be to me according to your word." And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Just as you- but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus.
3: silent age 400 years can he be found but broken by a baby's cry rejoice in the Hollywood main grind. Baby.
2: Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7 says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration was when Quinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while, they were, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there's no place for them in the inn. Galatians 4, 1 through 7, Paul says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, Than an heir through God.
4: A couple came to Bethlehem, expecting child. They searched the inn to find a place for you, were coming soon. no room for them to stay. So in a Shepherds left their flocks by night to find a bear. grow
0: Hallelujah is the right response to a time of year like this and to what Christ has done for us. Uh, there's more music to come. There's more singing to be done. But I want to take just a few moments tonight uh, to fix our hearts and to really focus our hearts on why we do something like this. I said this morning, if you were here, Christmas is, is a wonderful time of year. It is a time for us to gather as families and friends. And there's get-togethers, and there's parties, and there's celebrations, and there's wonderful times for us to get together with people that we love and are close to us. And, and truly, Christmas is that. Christmas is so much more than that. I want to take a moment tonight just to remind you what it is that we are celebrating. And I know you know this, but I, I just want you to hear it again, and I want you to, to think about it again, and I want your hearts to be ministered to again, and I want your hearts to Soar in hallelujah because of what's at stake at Christmas time. We are celebrating God in human flesh. We are celebrating the fact of Emmanuel, God with us. We are celebrating the fact that God stepped out of eternity into time and space. That's remarkable. The God man. God Himself who has lived from eternity past and lives to eternity future, the God who is self-existent, who did not have to leave His abode in heaven where there's perfect fellowship amongst the Trinity, between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they didn't have to leave that remarkable fellowship that they had. They didn't have to create man, God did not have to, and more importantly, God did not have to redeem man, but He did. God stepped out of time or out of eternity into time. He came to earth without any fanfare, without any production, without a great celebration, without any elite and the world knowing about it. He came quietly, he came discreetly. He came to a poor couple from a little nondescript town of Nazareth. He came as a baby. A baby. God's plan of salvation was wrapped up in eight pounds and some ounces. Can you imagine that? Can you just imagine the fact that God stepped into this world as a baby, a quiet, innocent, unassuming baby? It's a marvelous thought. But unfortunately, many people stop there, and for many people, Christmas is a sentimental time. It's kind of an, an innocent holiday. It's a, it's a celebration of a, a little baby, a sweet and calm and innocent little baby. And certainly that is what we are celebrating. The children earlier saying, away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. The stars in the sky look down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky and stay by my cradle till morning is nigh. It's a good song. It's a wonderful song about what took place in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, but for many people, that's where Christmas stops. It's about a baby, a cute little baby lying amongst some livestock. That's not the whole story. And we have to look beyond the manger to the man. We have to, if we're really going to understand what Christmas is about, we have to look beyond that little baby lying amongst the animals. And we have to to look to the man, Jesus Christ, and what he became and who he is. Because that baby grew to be a man who was a rescuer of sinners. It's a tremendous thought that the little baby of Christmas is actually a saver of lives. Think about that. That child grew to be a man, God in human flesh, in order to rescue you and I from the greatest of dangers, God Himself, and His holy wrath against sin. That's remarkable. We have to look beyond the manger to the man, Jesus Christ, and what He accomplished for us. And we have to really look at this as Mary looked at this. I believe and I'm confident of the fact that Mary knew much more about this little baby. We sing a song and you've heard the song, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will someday walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great I Am. I'm not sure Mary knew all of those things. I'm not sure Mary knew that her son would walk on water and her son would give sight to a blind man and he would calm a storm with his hands. I'm not sure she knew all of those nuances, but I'll tell you what Mary did know. She knew a lot. Because the angel revealed to her exactly the things that she needed to know. Listen to Luke chapter 1. Jordan read it earlier, but let me just read a portion of it again. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, to the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this must be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. What did Mary know? I'll tell you what she knew. She knew that her son would be the Savior of the world. Jesus means... Yeshua saves, God saves, the Lord is salvation. And when Mary understood those words, when she heard those words, that you're to give a son and his name is to be Jesus, she knew that the very child she bore would be the Savior of the world. She knew that. Luke 1 verse 32 says, and it says, he will be great And will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. To call someone the Son of the Most High is to associate or signify equality. If you're the Son of the Most High, you're equal with the Most High. Mary knew her son was God in human flesh. Mary understood that she was giving birth to the God-man. She knew as well that He would be the King of kings and Lord of lords, the ultimate son of David. Luke 1, verse 32 says, The Lord God will give Him the throne of His father, David. She knew that He would come and be the rightful ruler of King, the King of heaven and earth. She knew that He was the right son of David, the true son of David. And she knew when she heard those words that this Christ is the one who will usher in His kingdom Upon this earth. She knew that. But do you know what else she knew? She knew that that little baby was her Savior, her Redeemer. It says in Luke 1, verses 46 and 47, after the angel said these words to her, it says, And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God. My Savior. Mary is not a person to be worshiped. Mary is not a co-redeemer. Mary is not someone who intercedes for us alongside of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary is a sinner just like us. And Mary understood when those words came to her from the angel: when she gave birth to a son, that son would be her Savior. That line in the song that I just read, Mary, Did You Know, says, she knew the child that she delivered would soon deliver you. That is a remarkable line. For a moment, just think about the fact that the child that she bore would one day grow to be a man who would pay for her sins and ours. It's remarkable. This is the meaning of Christmas. And so we need to remember the fact that we have to celebrate the fact that God has come to this earth and the baby, but we must look beyond the manger to the man, the man who grew, the man who lived a perfect life, the man who uh, went to the cross and died and took our place and paid for our sins, receiving in full God's wrath against our sin and giving us the hope of eternal life. If you don't know that, and if you don't believe that, then my friend, you don't know what Christmas is about. You've missed the point of Christmas. Because the Scriptures are very, very clear, and it's unequivocal, and it's unashamed about what it states that you and I are sinners. If you're here tonight and you think you're a good person, let me just tell you clearly, you're not. Nor am I, nor is anyone else who's ever lived. There is no such thing as a good person. And if you think you're going to heaven on the basis of the fact that you're a good person, you have a wrong standard. Because if your standard is someone on this earth or someone you compare yourself to and you look better next to them, you need to compare yourself to the holy God who is perfect in all of his ways. That's the standard you compare yourself to. And the only way for you to get to heaven and me to get to heaven is to be perfect. That's it. The only way to go live with a perfect God and a perfect son and perfect angels and perfect heaven and perfect creatures and perfect place where all uh, the redeemed live, the only way for you to go there is for you to be perfect perfect in every area of your life. Even one sin, one little white lie condemns you to hell forever. That's what the Bible says. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and 12, there's none righteous, there's not even one. There's none who understands, none who seeks God. All have turned aside, together they have become useless. There is none who does good, not even one. That includes you and me. And that's the bad news. The bad news, everyone who's lived since Adam and Eve has been guilty before a holy God, and the consequences of that are an eternal separation from God forever in hell where your sins must be punished. They have to be paid for. God is holy. He will not overlook your sin and just kind of wink at you and say, it's okay, let's pretend it never happened, come into heaven. That's not how it works. Sin must be paid for. So either you pay for it in hell forever, or you understand what Christ came to do. And what Christ came to do was to live a perfect life and fulfill the law in all of its entirety, to be one who then went to the cross and paid for our sins, dying in our place as a substitute, taking God's wrath against our sin and crediting to us His righteousness if we will believe in Him and trust in Him and turn from our sins and embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you do that, friends... You are a new creature, you are a new person, and you get to go to heaven not on the basis of your righteousness, but on the basis of a righteousness of a perfect person, Jesus Christ, who gives you his perfection. So you still have to be perfect when you go to heaven, but the difference is you get an alien righteousness credited to your account, and when you stand before God and he says, why should I let you into my kingdom, you can say this, because Christ took my place and I'm robed in his righteousness. That's the gospel. So here at Maranatha Bible Church, that's what we preach, that's what we love, and that is the message that you'll hear week in and week out here, because we exalt Christ. There's no other way. You see, some people will love the baby of Christ, and then they'll balk at the exclusivity of Christ, because that same baby who was born in a manger also said later on in his life, there's no way to heaven but through me. No one can come to the Father but through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we ask you tonight, do you know Jesus Christ? I'm I'm not saying do you go to church. It doesn't matter if you're religious or not. The issue is do you know Christ? Have you repented of your sins? Have you placed your faith and trust in Christ? Do you believe that Christ is the full God-man? Do you believe He died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe He rose again from the dead? Do you believe He's coming back again to take all those who are His to be with Him in heaven? If you do, you know Christ. And if you don't, my friend, you need to turn to Christ. That's why we do this. That's why we exist as a church. We want to answer those questions for you. We want to be a blessing to you. We want to encourage you. We want to give you the best news in the world, which is the news of the gospel. And so if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, please talk to us. If you're not sure about this and you want to think about this some more, then just come back. Come back on Sunday. Come back on the next Sunday and we'll talk about these things and we would love to invite you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what Christmas is about. We have to look beyond the manger to the man, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. Would you pray with me? Our Lord and our God, We need a Savior. None of us sitting in this room are worthy of your kindness and your forgiveness. None of us here in this room can merit your favor. None of us are perfect enough. None of us are righteous enough. All of us have fallen short of your glory. And Father, let that truth sink into our hearts. Let us not pride ourselves on some sort of external moralism where we think we're better than the next person or the person nearby. Let us boast only in the cross of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we pray that if there are any here tonight who who do not have a secure eternity, who are not certain that if they died tonight, that they would stand before you in your presence Welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. Lord, if that's the case for some, would you draw them to yourself tonight? Would you open their eyes? Would you show them their blindness? Would the Spirit of God work in their hearts to grant them a new heart to see with new eyes and to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ? Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you've not left us to ourselves. That you initiated your salvation in the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's in His name that we pray. Amen.
5: Oh, come on, faithful joyful. that
2: The men will be coming around with a lighter to uh, probably light the candles from the outside. So please hold up your candle as yours get lit, gets lit, pass it down to the next person, so on, so on, and then uh, we'll bring the lights up as we progress through the song. And then please stand and join us in singing.
6: tonight, and uh, as is tradition at this time of year, we have a special uh, gift for all of our staff that we have here, and we thank you for your generosity and uh, in sharing with us for that, and you know, we've been truly blessed at our church, and we have a lot of great people that have a lot of things going on behind the scenes and, and directly involved, as you see every week, so we'd like, kind of like to recognize them this morning, so do something a little bit different this year. We're going to have everybody come up front So just to give them a little bit of a a gift, so we have uh, on people that help keep our church straight, we have Rachel Carpenter, Rick and Jamie Samcombe. so if those three could come up, that would be great. We just have a little gift card for them and for all the work and appreciation that they have done, so we thank you for that. And then uh, at the same time, we also have uh, another outstanding individual that they, they keep the church straight and cleaning things up and everything, but then there's the church secretary that keeps everything straight, let me tell you. So if Paula could come up too, we'd just like to express our appreciation for her. And Paula's giving me the eye, so. (laughs) But uh, thank you for all of your work and service. So please just stay up here with us. Uh, We have another individual we'd like to just... uh, uh, have come up too. Matt Hilbert. He is our intern and uh, he has been doing a great job and uh, has a lot of things that he's been involved in and you're going to be seeing more of him so and you saw him this morning, right? <laughs> Again, Matt, thank you. And then of course we have our pastoral staff so we have uh, of course Pastor Todd, Dale Kleinhexall, and Kurt Beacons if all three of those could come up and just want to thank you for your ministry and service here at Maranatha Bible Church. You. Uh, as, you, as you see, we do have a lot to be thankful for. And these are really the people you're going to see that are working uh, directly and behind the scenes here. And uh, it's just cool to see how God has used them uh, in great ways. And we just thank you for the ministry and service that you have had here at our church. So thank you again. We look forward to a great 2017 as uh, as the new year approaches. So thanks again for coming. We're going to have Pastor Todd that's going to give closing and announcements and then we dessert time, right? Yay!
0: There's some kids pretty excited about that. We invite you to come back on a Sunday morning at our services at 9:30 and uh, we will have a service next Sunday morning on Christmas Day. We encourage you to come and join us for that if you would like. We do have a dessert reception down in our lower level. Just come and enjoy some food and stay for as long as you want. Let me close our service in prayer. Lord, what a great evening it's been. What a joy it has been to sing in music and declare your glories in song. You are worthy of praise, and you've given us a song to sing. And we thank you for that. Bless our fellowship and bless our time together as a church family. In Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 You're dismissed.
1: Yeah, they off.